I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? Very well. We had another HelloFresh box come in today, and we had this mushroom ravioli. Delicious. Very good dinner we had. Oh, yes. Yeah, uh, we had this discussion a couple weeks ago about your HelloFresh. About my HelloFresh journey, yes. I was just beginning when when we recorded that episode. I remember Uh, that. Last night was the Oscars. Yes, it was. I was I was on socials and really I was just on Twitter. I wasn't on the other socials because yeah. I was I was trying to, you know, kind of take part in the discussion because that's where a lot of the discussion happens. It's on Twitter during mm-hmm. live events is where you get the most fun. So uh, the show was kind of getting in a weird space of <laughs> uh, disappointing and frustrating because as people know or if you didn't know. Uh, eight of the categories were not being televised live. Mm-hmm. What they were doing was from before the ceremony started, like an hour before, what they were doing is they were basically having like a mini ceremony by itself inside the Nokia Theater for these eight awards. Uh, and so they didn't do it live, but what they were doing was whenever they would come back from commercial break during the actual telecast, they would present the nominees really quick and then show up a, a clip of the actual uh, acceptance speech. So my thought process was, what time did you save? If that's if you're going to actually show a clip of it. Yeah, right. The goal was to save time, which, by the way, spoiler alert, they did not save time. Um, they actually went over way more than last year, which is insane. Um but the whole point, like the only thing that they're missing is the moment from when they walk down from their seat and maybe mm-hmm. like a portion of the rest of their speech. That's the only thing missing from what they showed. So I don't know what time they saved. They didn't save time. Um, the hosts, Wanda Sykes, Amy Schumer and Regina Hall were fine. Like they had some decent jokes, but uh, some of the bits were kind of like in the way and people were, you know, discussing online you know, you cut those eight different awards for this, for like this stupid bit that they did. Uh, and so it was pretty frustrating. Uh, we got our first live performance. God, the big deal that they made out of this was um, <laughs> we got our first live performance of We Don't Talk About Bruno from the movie Encanto. And bro, oh, I was like, what is this? This is like pure garbage because it's not even the full real song. What they did was like they start the song the way the movie goes and whatever. Mm -hmm. Then out of nowhere, Megan the Stallion shows up and has her own verse just randomly in the song about the Oscars. Like she's like talking about the Oscars in her verse. Uh, Then the rest of the song is not the actual song. It's like. We're here at the Oscars. And like, it's awful. It is terrible. Oh, God. Yeah, I they haven't watched this They just bastardized the song. And I thought this was going to be something that they opened the show with. No, they waited until almost 10 o'clock to do this. Made no <gasps> sense. Because the the show opened with Beyonce's song for, her, for King Richard. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember the name. But she opened the show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
And so the show was a bit of a mess and pretty frustrating as a movie lover, like just pretty bad. But then things got out of control. <laughs> and this is where things- my phone lit up. It just yes. blew up. The the phone blew up and we all I started like hammering messages and and was on Twitter just trying to find everything I could about this. And it's the moment where Chris Rock gets slapped in the face by Will Smith. Now, I thought in the very first moment, this is a bit that they're doing because Chris Rock, Chris really? Rock makes a so joke. Because you, you were watching it live. I was watching it live. And so, you know. He's laughing and he makes a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife. And at first you see Will Smith laughing to the joke. Right. And then they cut back to Chris Rock and like, you know, that was an easy one. That was a tame one. You know, that was a tame joke. And then all of a sudden you hear like the crowd because you see Will Smith walking up to him. So I'm like, oh, they're like trying to make something like out of nothing. And then he smacks him and I was like. That doesn't feel like a fake slap. And then the TV froze, at least for me. Like first the audio cuts out and then it like freezes. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? I thought it was my spectrum app just acting weird. And I was Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. "Uh." and but then Twitter lit up. What happened? What happened? What happened? And then we get the Australian version and the Japanese telecast and we see what happens, bro. I, I was I was in shock of what was happening in that yeah. moment. Yeah. I couldn't believe like that was happening in that moment. I until like they show Will Smith and the anger on his face, mm-hmm. I still thought maybe it was a bit that went wrong. Mm-hmm. And but no, it was insane watching it live. The confusion. And, yeah, the confusion. The, the the telecast being cut out. Oh my God! Yes, it was <laughs> crazy, crazy, and now you know as we're recording this, like the Academy Awards is like doing like a formal review. I don't know what the hell that means of of the incident about possibly looking. I into think they're charges. pissed. Who knows? I think yeah. they're pissed, as they should be. And he basically put the kibosh on their award show because now all anyone is talking about is this assault that happened on live television in front of a global audience. What are they like? This is, I think they probably are going to pursue damages. Like who knows? Maybe they'll ban him from the Oscars. I don't know what course of action they're going to pursue. Someone, someone was throwing out that they're going to take away his Oscar. I'm like, I don't know about that. I don't but know about that because if we take away Oscars from people who have done bad things, like there's going to be a lot it. of Oscars. Slippery slope. People exactly. are going to have to take away Harvey Weinstein's. The people right. are going to have to take away so many Oscars. It's yeah, just- exactly. So I, I won't go that far, but maybe that they're going to look at some punitive damages of some kind or yeah. who knows. Um, and the the biggest thing is that it takes away from the show itself, and which precisely <laughs> number one first the show was kind of a disaster. I hope like they reconfigure and like first off present all the awards number one live. Like I don't I don't see the problem. I don't get it. And then number two, you're taking away like some of the good moments that actually did happen, like Troy Kotsur winning for best supporting actor, the first male deaf actor to win. 
an Academy Award. His speech was wonderful. It was heartfelt. Beautiful. Um, I teared up. Yeah, it, it was a beautiful, you know, speech. And then uh, what's her name from Minari was the one that presented him. And she even learned mm-hmm. sign language to present. It the didn't look like a- it didn't look like ALS, American Sign Language, no. ASL, American Sign Language. A- it looked like because I've seen so much Korean content. It looked like Korean Sign Language, which was ah. like just so touching to me. I was like, oh, my God. It was very touching. And then Coda winning Best Picture, which it was a two dog race going into the into the night. But as soon as that a pun because Power of the Dog. (laughs) You said two dog race. I know. Yeah, I know. Usually I would say two horse race. But as soon as Coda won Best Original Screenplay, was it original or was it adapted? Now I'm blanking. No, adapted, adapted. As soon as it won, I was like, oh, I think this is it. That they're, they're mm-hmm. gonna win best picture and and dune like sweeping all the technicals which most of them were off air it was ridiculous <laughs> hans zimmer won his second oscar off air it's ridiculous that's insane to me that mm-hmm. one of the greatest composers which by the way tune in next week for our episode yeah one of our greatest composers of all time had to win his second oscar off screen now granted he wasn't there but still yeah he was what still. in amsterdam <laughs> Yeah, he's in Amsterdam. He's at work doing stuff. So, um, it was a it was a bad night overall because then you have Will Smith giving his speech and like this, like you could tell, like he's trying to process in real time everything that happened. But then, like he starts the speech was like, you know. Richard Williams was a fierce defender of his family. Like that's how like he started the speech. Like he wants to kind of like against a comedian? It... Right. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know man. I he he said some things during the speech that I, I can get after a while, maybe certain jokes just stop stop being funny to you and you 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 know you you don't want to take them anymore, but that is not the way to go about it. Not at no all. violence is never the answer. No, never, never. Period. So I think I because think what happens put- is you commit a crime on national television. So exactly, and then <laughs> have nothing done about it in yes. real time. He just sat there. He sat there for the rest of the show. They didn't the take him out. Show. Nothing. Oh yeah. no, it was it was a huge surprise, and I know that people will say, you know. Here's one thing I didn't know. I didn't know that Jada Pinkett Smith was going through a medical issue. I didn't know she was going through Right, she has alopecia. Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that going into the show. I didn't know that at the time of the delivery of Chris Rock's joke. I thought that Chris Rock was going for the appearance joke of the G.I. Jane thing, where G.I. Jane, Demi Moore, shaved her head and got into character for that role. I thought that's the joke. Not really a funny joke because that dates a movie from 1996 or something. But, <laughs> but I get it. But I didn't know about the thing, and it's. I think it's not fully common knowledge that that was what she's going through. A lot of people like, bitching that it is common knowledge that oh she's been very vocal about her struggle with alopecia and the autoimmune disease. Blah, blah, blah. It is still like a pretty tasteless joke. Yeah, it's a tasteless joke. Doesn't mean we can throw hands. No, 
No, it does not mean we could throw hands. Period. <laughs> so that's kind of where I've just at least wanted to, you know, mention what was happening from last night. Give my in the moment thoughts and, you know, post reaction thoughts as well, where I think that it was it was a bad night. The night's mm-hmm. going to re- be remembered for the the worst thing. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be it's overshadowing. Uh, some of the good that actually happened during the show, which was few and far between, if you ask me. So that was the also shout Academy out to Jessica Awards. Chastain because Jessica yes. Chastain showed up early for all of the untelevised awards. Yes, she was um, like, "I'm gonna class be there. act, class act." Love act that, that woman. Yeah, and she gets the Oscar for best, and actress. she won. Yeah, <laughs> and she won, and she won. A uh, long time coming for her. Oh, fun little fact. Oh, what happened? Um, since this movie came out, all the women from this movie that had like main oh the help parts, the help the help have all won yes. Oscars. Yes, Alice Janney, Emma Stone, uh, Jessica Chastain, Octavia Spencer, who won for the help, and then finally uh, Viola Davis. They yes. all won Oscars since that movie. That's insane Love it. to me. Love it. Love it. <laughs> it is great. All right, so. That is enough talk about last night's Academy Awards. We'll see what happens next year. Um, who knows what they'll do to kind of reference what happened this year. Right now, it's damage control. Yeah, at this point, it's just for everybody. Damage. Yeah. yeah, for everyone. Everyone except for Coda. Coda is like scot free. Yeah, Coda. Yeah, they were <laughs> they were the big winners of the night. And doing right. with all the technicals. <laughs> That's true. And doing with all the technical <laughs> awards. All right, so we are going to be talking about a brand new movie that came out this weekend. Uh, look at us actually look reviewing us. a movie. Hey. So, uh, before we get started, though, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and say hi on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews and so much more. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. And you can get really cool uh, add-ons as well because we have a couple of tiers and they come with perks. Yes, they come with perks. Uh, you will get shout outs. Um, there are other things as well. Go to suggesting Patreon.com. content, yes. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. You yes. can check out the page on patreon.com slash always critic pod. And just one more thing as well. Uh, if you look at your show notes in your podcast player right now, you could become a subscriber to the show. Uh, that is a new feature where you could just help us out and become a subscriber on a monthly basis for us uh you get a back catalog of some of our closed or behind the paywall episodes which is most of the first 125 episodes that we have produced on this show i know a lot Uh, so check that out in your show notes it says become a subscriber so today we are going to talk about a brand new movie the brand new movie is the lost city jessica let us know what this movie is about IMDb IMDb synopsis reads, a reclusive romance novelist on a book tour with her cover model gets swept up in a kidnapping attempt that lands them both in a cutthroat jungle adventure. (laughs) Yes, uh, that is pretty much what that is. Now, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm reading this right, this is 
directed by two different people, Aaron Nee it's, and Adam Nee, so two yeah, brothers. Yeah, seems All like right. two brothers, and they have basically done documentaries, done TV stuff, and haven't really cut their teeth yet on films. They have like one film together, Band of Robbers. And they're slated to be the directors of Masters of the Universe, which is a He-Man movie coming out in 2024. Ooh, look at that. Look that's, at that. that. That's kind of a big deal because I think there's a Masters of the Universe show on Netflix right now, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, but that's... Oh, but wait. it's like separate. It's something separate. Yeah, yeah. It, it's I, more well, of the universe type of thing, but not He-Man himself. Yeah. I, well, mistaken. you know what? I don't know. Let me not even. That, let's not. If you know, let us I'm know not speculating. on social. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's written by Aaron Nee, Adam Nee, Oren Uziel, and Dana Fox. And the movie stars one of the biggest actresses in Hollywood. Or, yeah, one of the biggest. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock is back. I can't remember the last time I saw her in a movie. Was it? No, it couldn't have been Bird Box, was it? Why does I, that, that sounds feel right, like- though. Bird Box or Ocean's Eight. One of those Hold two on. was the last one. I'll uh, I'll find it, but keep yeah, going you with find it. Stuff. But uh, but also someone else who's back, who's been away for a few years, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum is back, baby. Uh, he is the cover model in said story. Uh, we have Daniel Radcliffe who plays Abigail Fairfox. He is a tycoon. Uh, we have. Divine Joy Randolph plays Beth and Brad Pitt who plays Jack <laughs> Trainer. Can't wait to get into that. Uh, the last oh. movie we saw from Sandy was The Unforgivable, which came out last year, 2021. Before it that, it was out. right. And before that, it was Bird Box from 2018. Wow. So two movies in the last five years. More. Yeah, she's been taking some time off. She did two movies in 2018, Ocean's 8 and Bird Box. Oh, You can okay. tell that it's like a few years apart. Like then before that, she's done stuff in 2015. So it's like ooh. every few years she comes out and does a movie. Right. Exactly. So when it comes to the box office, it looks like the movie did pretty well. It looks like it it. It went higher than its expectations and was able to tally up $31 million as an opening weekend. Uh, So good for first place and good for uh, one of the better openings of the pandemic era since we're kind of still in it. Um, Now, the movie has a 75% critic score. Now, we're not 100% sure on this because Rotten Tomatoes, for some reason, is not listing their score. It's not listing... Their critic score or audience score. There's no critics consensus. Nothing. This consensus. is something from yeah consensus. <laughs> uh, this is just straight up from a Google search. Seventy five percent. If we're wrong on that, I hope we're not. But uh, that's you know a fine comedy for uh, most critics. So now that we're we've gotten through the preamble, Jessica, what did you think of the Lost City? I found it delightful. <laughs> I went into this and I said, this is going to be a terrible movie. This trailer looks awful. The only point in the trailer where I was all in was the Brad Pitt stuff. I was like, mm. oh, my God, this is hysterical. And I couldn't quite wrap my head around how they got Brad Pitt to do this movie. Yeah, Other yeah. than like maybe Sandra Bullock like called him up and was like, hey, man, 
it's just a weekend. What do you say? <laughs> like, let's yeah, do this. Yeah, that's pretty much right It on. felt like Brad Pitt did this movie just to go on vacation. Yeah. Beautiful location. Beautiful location. So I went with my sister. She was very excited to see the movie. She was like, oh, yeah, this trailer looks really funny. So we came in at opposite ends. Both landed in the same, like, place we were both really happy with this movie it was super funny and like it's the kind of movie that i miss seeing in theaters because it is like a stupid rom-com it is with like adventure elements obviously taken inspiration from romancing the stone and other like 90s movies i would say but it's very self-aware and they just smash two fine actors together i would say one is finer than the other but they're beautiful and like they put them in the jungle and like just see what happens it felt like a lot of it was improv yeah you could tell there's some improv there for sure yeah but all together pretty solid yeah this is the type of movie that we kind of look at and say they should make a little bit more of like Mm -hmm. just that mid-range comedy uh, they mix it in with adventure on this one, so it's an adventure comedy. Uh, we have people we recognize, of course, in in Bullock, in Tatum, and and Pitt. Uh, fun all around because it does. It's obviously not taking itself seriously at all. Like there are just fun jokes left and right. Um, I think that most of the movie works. Uh, just where you could just sit back and just have a good time. At the mm-hmm. movies, mm-hmm. Uh, you get to see Channing Tatum. I I do want to say that it, that type of actor is someone that we've kind of missed for the last couple of years, and it's like that that actor who can play dumb really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have many people like that. Uh, really, think about it. In the last few years, like how many actors do you see? are willing to make themselves the fool in in the movie. As a starring role, as a leading man, it, it's rare to see that. Usually... I think Chris Pratt started out like that. Started. Yes, for sure. Um, His character in the Jurassic World franchise is maybe OSE, like kind of a fool, but not really. I feel like he's gone like so like... I'm a leading man. Like yes. I need to like present myself a certain way type of thing in his movies, in his movies. Yeah. So yeah, like at, at first, yeah, he was definitely like almost like buffoon in a way. Right. But we don't, we don't but get Channing that. But Tatum so started like the opposite. Yes. Like exactly. he started a little more serious. And if you can call step up serious, there wasn't too much comedy in there. And then he, he did. <laughs> You know, the Magic Mike movies, which I don't know how to classify those. I think they take themselves seriously, but not really. Like, I don't know. The first one did. The first one was... first one's pretty serious. Yes, because it's directed by Steven Soderbergh, that first one. And then they move on into Magic Mike XXL. (laughs) And that is just pure, like, oh my God, we're having (laughs) a great time. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so, and then he did 21 Jump Street yep, and he sort of, you know, branched yep. out into comedy. And I credit that his his comedic chops to him working with Amanda Bynes and she's the man. 
<laughs> because I have actually watched the behind the scenes on She's the Man. And Channing was very straight-laced, could not get a handle on the improv, was really depending on the loosey-goosey nature of Amanda Bynes to get through that movie and loosen up. And now look at him. Exactly. Now Now look at him. Yeah. He is playing the part perfectly. This is a man who I I love in the character that we see. Uh, Alan, or, you know, as other characters know him as Dash, because he is the cover model. And, <laughs> you know, he he wants to be, like, taken seriously. But yeah. everything he does and says is just, like, just dumb. Just a, a dumb man who's very good looking, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> uh, on the other end. I would say Bull- Chris Hemsworth oh. is trying Ooh. to get more into that role of yes. being more of the butt of jokes comedic relief in movies he's like consider him in ghostbusters the reboot yeah and (laughs) and even in his like later half of thor Mm -hmm. ragnarok um, ragnarok and then like in infinity war and endgame especially where he puts on a fat suit and like is drunk all the time and stuff yeah uh he's tapping into that which yeah. i can see now later this year hemsworth is coming back for extraction too oh that's right they just wrapped they that just one, wrapped I think. they just yeah. wrapped so you know he he dances between you know serious and and goofball True. uh sandra bullock sandra bullock Sandy. is is back i will say that Sandra is always fun to have in a movie. I between she's the in two our rom com Hall of Fame. Yes, she is. Totally, totally deserved too. Totally and it's deserved. totally deserved. We love her. We love her. what. What are you going to say about her acting in this movie or her performance? I don't know if she was like fully into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It just kind of felt like. She was kind of like coasting through the movie yeah. for yeah. the most part. I would agree. Um, you never, she never gave off like this whole I'm in danger type of thing. Or she never gave off like she was really passionate, passionate about anything she was doing. Even when she gets into like the whole like adventure part of it. We'll talk Mm -hmm. about that in spoilers, but it never felt like she was passionate about what she was doing in any scene that she was in. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this could easily be a easy paycheck for her. Um, It felt like a paycheck. movie. It felt like a paycheck movie. Yes, I will agree with that. She felt like really jaded in all parts of the movie. Not just the parts where she's supposed to be jaded, like a jaded author. Exactly. No, like even when the going gets going, like the action's happening and she's supposed to be playing off of Channing Tatum. She's still pretty straight. Yeah. It's just, and it doesn't help that the chemistry between the two doesn't really, it, it never really gels for a romantic interest. Let's talk about this because okay. I have qualms with this part. Is this is supposed yeah. to be a romantic action comedy? Yes. And the romance is pretty lacking. Very lacking. Their chemistry is just not there. No. And the movie is trying to sell you on it throughout the entire thing. Like it's you can trying. Tell it's that trying. Channing is interested in Sandy's character. You can tell. Like, and you know, it's not 
subtle. It's like they're making references to the way he acts around her, what he wants to do for her type of thing. So it's very obvious, like they're trying to set up them as a romantic couple, but I just never buy it because you never do. There's never a moment between the two where I'm thinking, oh, there it is. There's that spark. Mm -hmm. There's never a spark between the two of them. Two good looking people, but just like reverse madness. No, you can't smash them together and just expect there to be fireworks. No, no, not at all. So that is a drawback to the movie. However, the rest of it, the action comedy part is fairly strong compared to the romance. And that is why you like them. That's why we left feeling good about the movie. Yeah. That's why we felt good about where the movie kind of leaves off. Um, There's some other performances in there, but I'd rather leave that for spoilers. And and I will just say, I will just say that Daniel Radcliffe is having a wonderful time in this movie. Yes, he is. That man understood the assignment. He understood exactly what he was signing up for. I loved every minute of him on screen. I think that I got the same sort of vibes as Jesse Plemons in the Jungle Cruise movie earlier. Mm, Yes. Where you're just like, this is a prestige actor in a really shitty comedy. And they're making the most out of their role. They're just chewing up scenery. They know what they're doing. Yes. They know what they're doing. It's like, I'm supposed to be villainous, so Mm -hmm. I will have fun with this. (laughs) And I, there's like little quirks and little things that he does that makes you signal that he's not all that confident as a villain, (laughs) but he's like, he's trying to be. Yeah. So, yeah. So let's, let's jump into spoilers so we can like discuss some of the other things. But before we do, let's give our grades for the movie. What did you give this as a grade? A B. I, I was I was thinking B not B minus. There you go. Yeah. We're, so we're around we're, the same. Yeah. We're right around the same. So let's go ahead and discuss spoilers for the Lost City right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? All right, let's talk spoilers for The Lost City. Now, I personally think that the best... Let's talk about the best scene. Let's do it. Because I think the best scene is the one that involves Brad Pitt. Yes, that's bar none the, the best scene in the whole movie. The yes. rescue is one hundred. As soon as Brad Pitt enters the movie, via voice, because they call him... I'm like, this is excellent. This is brilliant. Brilliant casting. I'm so glad Brad Pitt was game. Brad Pitt, again, this is a paycheck movie. He doesn't need to do this movie. No. He doesn't need to do anything at this stage in his life and career. But he said, okay, I'm there. I'll go wherever you're filming and I'll do this buck wild sequence that starts with him on the phone. He's like uh, telling him, oh, get on this app to find her phone, all this stuff. And basically is like one of those closeted um, combat people yeah. who Navy teaches SEAL. Navy, former Navy SEAL who teaches people meditation and self-defense <laughs> in his like spare time. And that's like what he does now. 
listen to me. My dad knows a fair few of these people and like will go to these retreats and stuff to learn like specific skills. So oh when god. he was describing this dude, I was like, "Oh my god, this is real. These people exist. They, they do. do exist." Yes. <laughs> I I thought the joke leading into calling him was hilarious where oh. Oh. Uh, Jack Trainer is uh, like this guy. He trained me, and his name's Jack Trainer. His name's Jack Trainer. No, no, I I put like stuff <laughs> behind them. It's like, <laughs> like oh god, like Sydney stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but then it turns out when he answers his phone, he's like Jack Trainer. It's it's real. Oh, That's his real it's name. It's real. That's his real last name. Is Trainer. Um, and then the entire sequence where he is just running through the jungle, mowing down people. Hand to hand combat, and Channing Tatum's just trying to follow along because he wants to be the reason yeah. that the rescue happens. And so he wants <laughs> he, to help him. He wants to help. And like he, at one point, Brad Pitt like hits the guy with a tripod. It spins around. Channing Tatum punches the guy. Ooh, I got him. And <laughs> then Jeff, <laughs> he bursts his bubble. Wasn't he? he was already unconscious. When he I like my favorite thing is like they're in the jungle. He's doing all this recon, loading up. He's got his like <laughs> tactical vest on. And he, instead of coming up all sly and undercover to get into this camp. No, no, no. no. He runs full speed at the gate in full view of everyone. Like there was no, no stopping him. And also no, no hiding. Like he just came up and was like, I'm going to jump over this fence, period. It was hysterical. <laughs> hysterical. Me and my sister busted out laughing because you see him like coming down the street, this like road that's in front of the gate. Like, yeah, the full Tom Cruise run. Like, it was wonderful. It was fantastic. He jumps the fence. He's the doing wig all that these they put moves. on him. Oh, the, the wig. <laughs> the wig. And it leads right into this where he he's he's right in front of Sandra Bullock, and Bullock says, Why are you so handsome? <laughs> And his immediate response, it's in the trailer, and it's, uh, my father was a weatherman. <laughs> Just like a stupid you joke, don't, but it's You so don't vague. even think it's going to be that funny when you actually see it, but yes, it is. It that is. one actually, you heard the joke, the joke beforehand, and you're still like, no, this is really funny. It's actually a really funny joke. Them running out of the camp in slow motion, and Brad Pitt oh just, you know, just... Tilting his head to get the hair back in the wind. And then the explosions going off right behind him. It, it's such a well done scene. The I extraction. Really the extraction scene is Barna on the best scene in the whole movie. Barna on the best. Uh, something I wasn't a fan of, and they kept going back to it, it was the assistant, the that secondary character. Um, it just felt like whenever they, I'm glad that they made the moment short. Because none of it was really that funny with the assistant. Are you talking about Divine with Beth's character? Yes. Yes. Okay, because I liked all of her stuff. I I didn't really find a lot of humor in it. I if if there's ever gonna be humor, it has to be that side character. Like if we're going to, you know, go veer off and see her adventure getting to Sandy, trying to find Sandy, then it has to be like funny uproarious like you need to make quick use good use of those two minutes that you're showing her on screen but it never like most of them didn't feel that funny okay i I disagree because i thought they were fun not like 
right you know, not slap your knee funny but it was definitely comedic got it i so, like that they pull her out at the end right like she's on the boat and like saves yeah. them it's like kind of funny like you're just I, i'll give them that it was yeah. a good payoff that she was there at the end like mm-hmm. she was willing to do anything for her it was and the basic like the hey you guys moment from the goonies like you're just like yeah. ah yes hey, <laughs> they there. finally made it yeah finally uh I do wish that the movie would have played a little bit more into the superstition of the island because one of the henchmen kind of has like that fear and like he says something in Spanish. Yes. And like they didn't play enough with that. I wish they would have because then it would have like led the adventure a little bit more like dire, like dire moments that like people would be spooked out like, oh, my God, the curse, you know, like something (laughs) like that. Right. Like they reference it, but they don't really ever touch it until the very end mm-hmm. when the volcano's going off. <laughs> because of course it is. <laughs> of course there's an active volcano. <laughs> uh Radcliffe. Radcliffe. Uh, the name from the very beginning, Abigail. His intro scene is fantastic. It really is. Fantastic. Ab- and like the, she even questions it. Abigail, isn't that a girl's name? It's a it's an ambiguous name. <laughs> <laughs> like Leslie or whatever. <laughs> And then his brother Not even is, close. is Leslie. Yes. <laughs> I was Abigail. dying with the charcut- that charcuterie board that was yes. giant, giant and went set. like around. I would have I would have totally taken part in that charcuterie board. I like board. the running gag of her with cheese. He's like, I read you th- that you like cheese, meats and cheeses. So I put this together. And she like starts <laughs> snibbling on some cheese. And then later Channing shows up to save her. And he's like, I brought you some cheese. And she's like, oh, my God. Thank God. I was And starving. it was string cheese like string from the cheese. supermarket. Yes. <laughs> I like that a, gag. That was a fun gag. Um, the Everything involving the, the sequin <laughs> dress or pantsuit, whatever you want to call it. Just from the moment they introduce it, you're thinking, okay, this is going to be like. A thing throughout this movie. (laughs) Whether it's the bad guys figuring out to chase it. They they like see it in the water. Like she's dropping sequins. You know. (laughs) Just like all these like little things like that. Uh, You know. So I will say that the. The part where she's taking leeches off of Channing Tatum. I thought that was going to be funnier. But it was not that funny to me. No. It was more of just a sight gag type of thing. Yeah. But in that same breath, I will say that the motorcycle scene of them psyching out the bad guys that are following them. Yes. Like they rip the sleeves off of her unitard and they like string it up so that they they go find it. They they go towards it and they. It's almost like a scarecrow effect. (laughs) (laughs) Unintentionally, they drive these guys off a cliff. Unintentionally, Pers- yeah. Unintentionally, and they're both like, <gasps> like they're so shocked, and they're like, "Was that us? That wasn't us, was it?" They were driving recklessly, like they have all of these like excuses. <laughs> that guy just parked at the edge of the cliff. Who does that? Yeah, who does that? <laughs> <laughs> so, not trying to find any blame in themselves and how that happened. That was pretty funny. Um, I really like. I really love the <laughs> intro of uh, Dash's character. At the beginning, oh, absolutely, like, with the fog, the, with the fog, the uh, dancing, the, with the, the uh, what's it called, the final countdown, a song just playing yes. behind them, yes, like, and it he just looks so hilarious because yeah, like, the getup, he's, he's doing the whole like 
Fabio thing. Yeah. And it's so hilarious because he is he is determined to like really find that spot <laughs> of like, yes, I am a dashing man, <laughs> like type of thing. It's when so she pulls funny. off his wig. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Oof. Oh Oof. my god. Hey, I totally forgot that Channing Tatum can dance because they have a romancing the stone moment. They dance in the square in this tiny town That's with, right. no run, with no running water, evidently. And he can dance. He can move. He can they dance. were, yeah, I was like, oh my God, look at him go. Like it was so, <laughs> I was very excited with him dancing because like that's how I know Channing Tatum, right? Like that's how I was introduced was him yeah. just dancing. So. He, he's uh, a dancer, wonderful. and he was like leading Sandra like homie, very well in the dance. Homie, yes, yeah, no, he was dipping her. It was like a lot of like exivela moments, and oh my gosh, it was wonderful because he's not wonderful. dancing hip hop break dancing like in no. Step Up. Like no, this was like salsa dancing. Yeah, very wonderful. slow. Oh, it was wonderful. Oh, wonderful loved it. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I think throughout though. It, it's just a fun time. I, again, the the moments where you really want the romance to kind of sizzle, it's just not there. You know, there there could have been moments in the jungle where, you know, they are face to face. Oh, like the moment where they're by the fire, like should have been a moment where the spark, you know, starts, mm-hmm. you know, like you get like that knowing glance between the two of them. But it's it's just not there. Mm-hmm. It's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I I wish the romance was a little bit more, but overall, I think that this is a pretty fun movie. I would recommend checking it out for people. If, yeah, if you guys want to see it, uh, is there any other moments that you're thinking of? That you Oscar point Nunez, out? yes, makes a reappearance in a Sandy movie. He was the stripper in the proposal. Oh my god, that's right. Oh, yes. Oh no! Yes. I forgot about that. And he comes back. He's the um, the pilot on this yeah. little uh, cargo, cargo plane. plane that the assistant Beth takes to whatever island that was in the Atlantic. And oh my god, his part was hysterical. Like every time he's on screen, I'm like, this this man is funny. He's very funny. At and- the end, he says uh, the line like, because he runs, he tackles. Um, the villain, so Daniel Radcliffe's character, because he's on the ship already, and he takes off running, and he goes, well, "Look at this guy, like taking off running on a boat. Where were you gonna go?" And he says that. <laughs> he says it after he tackles him <laughs> in his very guy. like jolly voice that he yeah. has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has like this very jolly voice. Uh, the whole thing with the goat, I think the goat's name was was Karen. But it was a he. Oh, man. I can't remember what the goat's name was. It was weird. No, it was Randall. Randall. Randall, That's it. But it was a she. (laughs) Because he kept referring to the goat as a she. Yeah. It's like, no, no, she gets very jealous. And like, just like all this like stuff. Oh, man. (laughs) That all those things were funny. And then his like advances towards uh, Mm -hmm. Divine's character, like just trying to like romance her. But she's like, hell no. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, like, you're weird. Let's go. Even at the end, what was it? Oh, uh, when she's like getting massaged and like he brings the drink to her, it's like you know, you and me is like our relationship is platonic. And then he right, goes, he- platonic. I like the sound of that. 
I don't know, I what, don't it know means, what it means, but I like the sound of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's really good. It's really good. So did you yeah. like the climax at the grave or whatever that was by um, the volcano? And they had to I, do like I honestly rambling. wish that it would have been an actual like piece, like an actual yes. piece. Yes. Because the fact that it was more like a metaphor, like the it was a metaphor. Yes. It was a metaphor for for the love. So the treasure was not actually a treasure. It was like a metaphorical treasure of like, he is my treasure. The right. queen saying that he is my treasure. Um, I wish there was actual item. I wish there was an item too. And on top of that, like if you're, you know, quarterbacking this thing, I would say they find the item, they leave it type of thing. Oh, I like that. I like Where that Where they a lot. leave it, it's like- we know it's here. I have peace knowing that me and my ex or my my husband who passed away, we know that this thing actually existed. We found it and I'm leaving it here. Yeah. Because that was my goal. That was Sandy's goal. I wanted I wanted to complete that closure. as a way closure. Closure. It was mm-hmm. it would have been a great way for closure. Um if there was an actual item, like the actual crown of fire. Would have been yeah. cool to see. I but agree. it was just seashells, red seashells. It kind of reminded me of I don't know if you've seen the Tomb Raider with Alicia Vikander. Mm, yes, I have. I thought we saw it together. Did we see it together? I can't I think remember. We did. It was a few years ago. Yeah, it was. And at the end of the movie, they don't find any sort of tangible treasure. It's actually yeah. a tangible curse. I and remember. they have to beat like this virus. <laughs> I remember. An, an oh, ancient God. virus. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah, <laughs> so that was like that. one of those like, okay, I guess we're going down this route. And that was the same feeling that I had with this movie, The Lost City. Where I was like, yeah. all right, I guess. <laughs> this movie could have been a B plus or even an A minus, like just with little tweaks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it could have been something that you really could have been telling people, oh, you got to see The Lost City. You got to go see this movie. You got to go see it. So right now I would say if you're interested in an adventure movie, in a comedy, yeah, because we haven't had a solid comedy in a little while now. Mm. Not that I can think of off the top of my head. But if you want a comedy, adventure, a good time at the movies, or yeah, go ahead and check out The Lost City. We recommend it. Um, Jessica and I recommend it. So I think we could put the kibosh on the Lost City. Yeah. Some quick programming notes. Next week, episode 200. Bruh. How did we do it? How did we do it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know know how we did, but we are entering episode 200. We're going to be entering our fifth year doing this. Yeah. Very oh soon. Very soon. And I can't wait. Uh, we actually are going to be doing a Hall of Fame episode next week. Yeah. Uh, we are doing a movie score Hall of Fame. And this is where we're taking specific songs. Yeah, songs. Of, not entire yeah, scores. Not entire scores. And not just the composers, but like a specific song from a movie. And uh, that's going to be really exciting. We do have a special guest on that episode. Yes, we do. Uh, uh, Her name is Tasha Jones. And I can't wait to present this out to you guys because I think it's a really fun episode. 
for episode 200. So amazing. I crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I think I don't, I don't have any words. I'm shocked. You're shocked. I'm shocked. So am I. So am I. <laughs> so for those of you have, who decided to listen to us for the first time today, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. If it's your first time, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Again, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. And if you would like to follow us on socials, that is Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok. We're at Always Critic Pod, at Always Critic Pod. Finally, Jessica, if they've done all that, what should they consider doing? You can become a patron. Yay. Uh, so many ways that you can support us. There's a couple of tiers and you'll get like some perks along with it. So uh, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash always critic And with that, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this has been the Always a Critic Podcast. Always a Critic Podcast.